Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. chapter 5. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing into him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or the lake of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them. They were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him, so this is Peter, Simon Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now keep that in mind. Keep that, that those few verses, or a few words. At, but, sorry, but at your word. Okay, so hold on to that. Four little... Uh, Four little words. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled the boats, so that they began to sink. But when, um, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he, um, for he and all who were with him there, sure. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, "Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men." And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. All right. This is a, I don't know how many of us, how many times we've read this story, especially out of Luke. I don't know if you realize this, but this particular story in the Gospels, this is the only time that, that there has been so much detail put into the story. All the other stories about, about this particular time, they just, they just kind of glance over it. Jesus was speaking and they went out, and, but there was, there, there was some interaction here. And Luke, when he was writing it, Luke was a doctor, and he, he loved the detail. He loved relationship, and he was, because he was a doctor, he had that mind. And, and so he, he went out and, and was giving the detail. So I don't, I've been receiving, um, not this back up. Um, most of you know this, but I just want to kind of clarify a couple things, too, before I go on, is that oftentimes I will read a passage and my mind wants to put me in that place as I'm reading it and try to experience what was really happening. What was going on behind the scenes? What were the emotions that the people receiving this story in the middle of it, how were they feeling? How were they, how were they reacting to the situations? 
And a couple weeks ago, I, um, I, I, I talked about Joseph and, and how I was extrapolating some of the, the stuff within the Joseph narrative, you know, when he was at Potiphar's house and, and stuff. And a couple people said, well, that's not in the Bible. You can't, you can't share that. You can't really teach that. And I was like, well, no, there's a lot in that aren't in the Bible, but we have to actually look at and reading between the lines. And that's just how my mind works. So I'm going to actually go through Luke 5 and try to paint you a picture of maybe how, what was happening and, and, and some of the emotion that would have been involved just to give you a sense of maybe what does the Father want to give us this morning. And that's, and that's sometimes what exposition is. It, it's like you're exposing something that you may not have understood before because you're actually now attaching emotion and, and experience to so here we go. We know that Peter, I'm just going to call him Peter because he was Simon at the time, but it's easier for us just to relate to because he's Peter. Now, Peter was an experienced fisherman. He was a little bit older than all of the other disciples. They weren't disciples at this point. They hadn't been called. But if you look at later on, um, Jesus tells Peter to go, I believe it was like, I hope it was Peter, I haven't. And it was Peter, Jesus says to Peter, go and, and grab this money because we need to pay the temple tax. That means Peter was over 20 years old at least. And because everybody younger didn't have to pay the temple tax um, because they were too young. Very what? Right at Disneyland, yeah. Very much, you know. So anyway, um, Peter, he was an experienced seaman. He knew what to do. He was an experienced fisherman. It sounded like he had a fleet. He had worked with um, James and John. They had a fleet together. They did business together, and they knew what they were doing. And so here Peter is sitting on his boat. He's fixing his nets. He's cleaning his nets. The Bible, uh, Luke's narrative says that he was, he was um, after a long night of fishing, he had nothing. Okay. How many fishermen do we have here? We have a couple. Right? What's it like fishing all day and not catching anything? Hey, a bad day of fishing is a great day, better than a day in the office, right? But sometimes you get you get frustrated, right? Because the guys next to you are catching and you're not. Or or the boat next to you is like, man, they're seeing success and you're not. What I'm saying is that Peter was probably was the end of a long night. He was sitting on the side of the uh, of the shore. Fixing his nets, cleaning the nets, probably thinking about breakfast, probably thinking about why didn't I catch anything, man? Like, I know the fish are at the, at the top of the lake. See, what happens is, is in that, in that climate, in the night, the water cools off and the fish come to the surface. During the day, it's all hot and they go down to the bottom where the nets couldn't go. So that's why they would, they would fish at night. Peter knew this. And so he's probably sitting there a little bit frustrated probably tired, thinking about breakfast, thinking about bed, and he's just doing his things, and here comes this guy, this prophet, this teacher, that starts to teach, and he looks at Peter and says, I need to borrow your boat. And what's Peter's response? Okay. And, and so Peter goes out. He's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why, are we, why am I doing this? Well, but then all of a sudden, Jesus starts to speak about the kingdom. He starts to release words of life. He starts to release the things that are changing people's lives. And Peter and the other guys hear what Jesus is saying, and they're enraptured. 
they're caught up into what Jesus is saying, and all of a sudden their hearts are being changed. And then there's this. Jesus says to him after he's done, let's pull out into the deeper waters and let's go fishing. And what is what is um what's Peter's response? What's his response? Master. Verse 5. Master. And he said, and check this out. Master. Master means teacher. Master means like he was referring to Jesus as a teacher. Master. He toiled all night and took nothing. And here's those four words. But at your word. At your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. Now think of this. At your word, I'm going to go do this. Because there's something about you that has changed something in me. Now, we didn't know who Peter was at the time. This is, if 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 this is the first time that you had ever read about Peter, you would never have known that he was loud and he was arrogant and that he was was a boisterous and he was an external processor. You would just see a picture of a fisherman going, something's changing in my heart. But at your word, I'm going to go do this because you, you said something that has triggered my life. One word from Jesus, he experienced a breakthrough. Think of the, the, the think of the nets. Most of us in a North American culture can't wrap our eyes, our mind around fishing in that way. Like it's like even like we you know we we either troll on the back of a boat on a lake or we fly fish or like here we don't fish with nets. But it's hard to understand that mentality. But when they threw the nets, all of a sudden there was a great flurry. Think of the thousands of fish just kind of, like, right? And, and the nets being filled to being almost broken, and they're hauling it in. And, and Peter calls to, to, to James and John on the other boat, come and help me. Well, there's a, there's a picture there. Somebody else's breakthrough, when, how do you respond to someone else's breakthrough and provision when you're still toiling by yourself. That's, that's just extra. You know, Peter could have had the, 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 the response was, no, <laughs> I'm a fisherman. I've fished all my life. My dad taught me how to fish. I know what I'm doing. There's no fish out there today for whatever reason. Who are you? Oh, you're right. Oh, right, yes. Sorry, you're a carpenter. You're a carpenter telling a fisherman to do his job? No. So what would have happened? He didn't. There was something he realized as Jesus was speaking, his life was being changed, his heart was being opened up, and he received something that he didn't know even existed. And he did it, and increase and breakthrough happened. So, And an interesting point, before we go on, is that Jesus called, or sorry, Peter called Jesus Master, had the increase, had the miracle happen, and then what did he do? When he got back onto the shore, 
Peter said to Jesus, Lord, depart from me. He went from master, calling Jesus master, teacher, you're, you're a teacher, I acknowledge that, I honor you, to all of a sudden, he's Lord. What is that? He had a major encounter and a major breakthrough. There's a miracle in his life, and he realized that there was something greater than just a teacher, something greater than just a rabbi. That I'm all of a sudden, I'm going to call you Lord because you have authority in my life. Peter was actually giving Jesus authority by calling him Lord. So today I want to I just lay out kind of three different points. This is a stereotypical three-point sermon, yes, but I'll probably add more because it's just the way it is. So um, let's look at John 14, 21. And this is, I'm going to refer back to this story um, throughout my message. But it's all tied in. So John 14, 21, it says, Those who truly love me are those who obey my commandments, or my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father, and I will passionately love you in return, and will manifest my life within you. So if you're taking notes, the first point I want to, I want to, I want to talk about is obedience. Peter was obedient to the word that Jesus gave him. Jesus says, can I board your boat? Absolutely. Talk, 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 talk. Heart gets a little bit open. Oh, oh. Jesus says, let's go fishing. Peter says, don't quite understand. I'm fishing all night, but it's your word. Let's do it. So what that tells me is that Peter actually had a tender heart. In order for us to have the obedience to what the Lord is asking us to do, we have to have a tender heart. How many of us as husbands or wives have had our spouse or even our kids ask us to do something, and if we have something in our hearts, if they've, if they've ticked us off or that day and they asked us and we're like, eh. how many of us, are, our first response is, that's your word, I will do that. I would say no. I would say 95% of the time, unless you are just a greater person than I am, <laughs> you would say no. Because there's a fence. There's, your heart is actually hard. Peter's heart was tender towards Jesus because there was a tenderizing going on in his life and what Jesus was talking about. Peter could have, he, he, had, he had the life experience of a fisherman. Everything, like he was doing what he had been called to do. And when he was doing it, everything was good. It didn't make sense for him to go out again. And that's oftentimes what happens for us is we get in our ways of doing things, and, and it's tried and it's true, and there's wisdom, and there's all of this, this stuff that we were called to do it. And then Jesus says, hey, but what if you did it this way? Well, my Jesus, you don't understand. I, I, you know, you, I, I have years of experience in this. And it works out. You know, I'm an amazing whatever. Because it, it just so happens it's not working right now, but that's okay because I know that it'll break through. You know, like as a, when I was a business owner, like I knew that there was things happening in the marketplace that, yeah, we just have to ride out this, this whatever, this dip. You know, like, you know, we've seen 
the markets change. And if you know, I'm Linda, you've been in, we're in mortgage, and you saw the markets change. And wisdom would say, well, we just have to ride this out and, you know, buy low, sell high, you know, that whole thing. We have, we have God-given wisdom. We have it. But what if Jesus says to you, do this now? Are we prepared to actually be obedient and do what he's calling us to do when it doesn't make sense? It made no sense to Peter to go fishing when they had been out all night. It's now the morning. It's probably 10 a.m. by the time that Jesus finished because I could imagine Jesus being long-winded. <laughs> that's a joke. I don't have to laugh, but that's okay. Or Peter's response to Jesus would have been totally different if he was hard-hearted. He was tender. He was, rec- he was willing to receive coaching and instruction from a carpenter as, as, as a fisherman. Never thought of that before. It, it, the, the two are not. It's, it's like me telling a doctor how to treat somebody with the right medication or the wrong medication, and it working. <laughs> right, Levi? Take sugar, and you'll be healed. Right? Everybody be like, no, don't do it. But at your word. So I'm going to give you three questions I want to ask in, in this whole area of obedience. And they may be Ali questions. You don't have to answer them like now. I'm not going to give a show of hands. But these are three questions that I'd like you to ask the Father. And I've, I'm, I've been asking him myself, so it, I, I'm talking to myself as well. Three questions. That, the three questions are this. The first one, am I willing to receive correction from anyone? The second one is, do I follow directions easy, easily? And number three, am I willing to take advice from someone younger than I am or who or who has less experience than I do. Again, not looking for a response. This is the one time that I'm not looking for a response from you. But just think about those. Ask the Father, am I willing to receive correction from anyone? Do I follow directions easily? And am I willing to take advice from someone younger than I am or who has less experience? than I do. Oftentimes, we have to realize that Jesus isn't going to just show up in our boat. You know what I mean by that? We're not going to be just driving along, you know, going down Victoria, and all of a sudden we look over and there's Jesus sitting next to us. And Jesus is going, are you sure you want to do that? Could happen. I'm not saying it couldn't. But generally, I don't think he does that. What he will do is he'll use other people in our lives to ask us those hard questions. And if we're tender-hearted to, to, to what he's talking to us about, if we're tender-hearted to the people in our lives, then we're going to actually allow them to speak into our lives and, and be Jesus to us. If we joke around like our wives as guys, our wives are generally the Holy Spirit in our lives. Right? And the times that I haven't listened to Deanne, she'll be like, I'd be about to do something, I'd be flying off the handle about something, and I'm going, I'm going to respond to this email. And spurthermore, 
And she says, are you sure you want to send that? I'm like, yes. And I was like, no, maybe for Jesus. Jesus is more likely to use the people around us if we are willing. Because he's good that way. And I think oftentimes we miss opportunities and we miss areas of growth because we don't recognize Jesus in each other. Well, that's just Dan. He's Dan. But you have Jesus in you. And, and, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us when somebody says, I'm not sure you should be doing that. Stop judging me. That's our current societal um, big catchphrase right now. Oh, you're being really judgy. Oh, don't be so judgy. And you know what? There is there is an aspect to that. There is some truth into that. But what if it's the Holy Spirit trying to get into your heart going, you probably shouldn't say that thing. You probably, I don't know how, how effective that's going to be if you do that. I'm going to be 50 in a couple weeks. I made it. <laughs> and if I've learned anything in the last, you know, 40 years of being a Christian, is that I have to allow people to speak into my life, even if they don't realize that they're speaking into my life. You know, Aaron can say something to me just in jest, and all of a sudden I'm walking home going, oh, that's okay. You know, probably, you know. It's, it's us being willing to... to to just be honest with each other. Right? When we're walking in obedience to Jesus, our hearts have to be tender. It, it just, if you want to be obedient, your heart is tender. If we're going to be disobedient, our heart is actually hard. You can't have a hard heart and be obedient. You get, you understand? Like, it's just, it's impossible. When my heart is tender towards Deanne, life is good. Or hers towards me, life is good. If we have something between us, it, 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Right? The second point that I want to I want to kind of make throughout this is we, we, we need to learn persistence. Okay? Let's look at Galatians. Galatians 6, 9. yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Now, you know me, I, I like to read the entire passage and not pull things out of context. But that verse is just perfect, even as itself, as a picture of persistence. Do not grow weary. Persisting, you will reap a reward if you don't give up. I don't know if you've seen the the internet meme. You know, it's it's a guy under underground and he's digging, and, and the picture is like there's ground on the top and ground on the bottom, and there's a there's a tunnel and he's got a pick, and there's gold and jewels and stuff right here, and there's about an inch left, and the guy's turning around going, I guess there's no gold here. He 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 dug a mile in the dirt, looking for the treasure. And he was that close, that close. 
picture of sometimes of what we do. It's a picture of, of us of us toiling and, and casting our nets, constantly casting our nets, casting our nets in health, casting our health our nets in, in, in finances, casting our nets in relationships, casting our nets in broken family, casting our nets in 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 you put your situation there. And we get so tired. We get so fed up with casting our nets that we're just like, I'm so done. I am so done. I'm just through fishing. I'm going to go sit and watch TV. You know, we get so, and, and, and Jesus is like, would you, would, you, would you just take that one more time? Would you just take your, take, can we go out? Because there's something here for you. There's something here for you. Can we just go out and, and, and push off towards the deep one more time? Would you do that with me? You know, by your word, I will. And, and breakthrough happens. And I know most of your stories. I know that it's hard and, and there's things that go on. And, 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 and you, a lot of you have spent literally a lifetime casting your nets for situations. And I'm here to say that your persistence will, um, will give fruit. It will. Because every time you cast your net, you're planting more. And you're, plant, and you're like, my time of reaping will come. And that breakthrough, when it happens, will be because your heart is tender and it's because your heart is willing to cast some more because of persistence. Remember, remember Finding Dory? Movie? Finding Nemo when it was Dory. Sort of finding Nemo. And there was the character Dory, and she's like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. What are you doing? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. That's what we got to do. We just keep swimming. We push through. We, you know, there's, oh, because our breakthrough happens. First, first Thessalonians, you know, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Like, don't stop. You don't see an answer, you just keep pushing in. That persistence, and I think it's persistence is something that we tend to be lacking and because we don't know the goodness of the Father. We don't know that He's actually that right there, the goodness. And we forget. We forget that in other areas where we've had breakthrough, that he's given us breakthrough. That he's given us provision. That he's, he's, he's restored. He's brought restoration. And I love these stories. Like remember what Amy said this morning. He's like, I can't handle another thing. And the father's like, yep, he's right. Boom, major. He's so good. And I know, I know in this house right now, and I want to say, I'm going to speak this out. That there is financial breakthrough coming. There's new jobs coming. There's houses that are going to be sold. There's going to be relationships that are restored. There's, there's going to be recompense of finances that have been stolen. But we have to keep casting our nets. We have to live in a place.
place of praise and saying to the Father, you are so good. And I don't understand why I have to keep doing this. But I praise you. Bill Johnson has a quote. It says, when we praise, when we praise, the Bible says that God inhabits our praises. Well, who inhabits our complaints? I take credit for that. That's Bill. But it's one of those, oh, if God inhabits the praises of his people, who inhabits the complaints? Praise says, keep casting the nets. Pessimism says, I give up. Done. I have nowhere else to go. I'm just done. And then Jesus comes along and says, hey, did you do it one more time? Did you just do it one more time? You know the story of Thomas Edison? He, he wasn't the inventor of the light bulb, but he was the inventor of the long-lasting light bulb. And history says that he tried, um, I was doing some research on it, it was thousands of times. He, he, he tried thousands, like thousands of filaments to figure out which one would last the longest. And, and some places that I've read said like 10,000, 10,000 filaments in a bulb, passing electricity through it to see, you know, it would light up and then it would burn out. He's like, okay. 5,994. Here we go, another one. And someone said, well, how does it feel to fail 10,000 times? He goes, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just found 10,000 things that didn't work. Because on the 10,001st, he found it. And the world was changed because of that discovery. And so we have to keep on swimming. We have to keep on casting. We have to have that persistence. And then the third thing, our time is running. We can't stop short of the miracle. It, so this is what happens. The guys were, were, were fishing. And Jesus said, go to, the, go to the deep. Cast your nets. Peter's like, that's your word. Because I'm full of faith now because you have something. You've spoken some light. I have light. Oh, the light just shone on me and my heart has changed. And how many of us know that when the light of Christ hits us, all of our stuff is exposed. But then it burns it off. Because light, that's like darkness. Right? How many of you ladies have those mirrors that, you know, that when you turn the mirror on, it lights, the, there's a ring like a makeup light. Maddie's got one. And, 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 it, and you can see all, everything, right? It's like, you're like, whoa. It's like, you know, in a dim light, everybody looks good. <laughs> in a dim light, everybody looks good. But it's like, it's like when Jesus shines his light on us, it's like, oh. But he doesn't stop there. Like, and is Maddie here? Where is she? Okay, Maddie, I'm not, I don't want to embarrass you. But Maddie is, is she loves making sure she looks good, and she always looks good. Like, the preparation that she takes to look good is, is, is phenomenal. It's like, wow. I, and it's like, and she looks good. 
right? She makes sure her hair is right, and she takes time in front of that mirror, and she does her thing. And she, sometimes she comes downstairs, and I'm like, what did you do to your face? She goes, I just, I just have to take care of it. You know? So when she goes out, her face is clean, right? That is a natural response to what Jesus is doing in our lives. Jesus comes. He shines his light on us. He fixes our blemishes. He fixes our faith. He gives us, he makes us look good because of his goodness. But see, what happens is, is, is that we stop short sometimes. The miracle happens, and then we don't move on with him. His light shines on us, and we're like, yes, Jesus, thank you. And then we stop. The, the, the men, the fishermen, they brought thousands of fish, but their nets were like full, and the boat was starting to sink, and the fish were still there, and so they shared the breakthrough with Peter, with James and John. They didn't have the fish in their nets. The Bible doesn't say that. But he called them over to help them, and so they were taking the, the, the nets, and they were throwing, or sorry, the the fish, and they were throwing them into James and John's boat, and then they were still filling, and they had their boats filled. The miracle was there. The breakthrough was there. They waddled into shore, and I don't know how much that was worth, maybe a month's worth of fish or whatever. They had a lot, and then what did Jesus say? Come follow me. Peter, you don't have to fish anymore for fish. You're going to fish for men. And, and Peter's like, yep, because my identity and my destiny have just been revealed to me through the light of Jesus. And he went on, and they, and they put it away for a while until Jesus died. And Peter's like, I'm going fishing. Totally different story. When the light of Christ shines on our hearts, it reveals what's going on in our heart. When that makeup light hits our face, like, ooh. And he wants us to work with him to clean ourselves up. And your heart. Oftentimes, we enter into a time of crisis and we haven't built a history with Jesus to carry us through that crisis, but we call out to him and his goodness says, yeah, I'm here for you. And then the breakthrough happens and we go back to doing what we were doing before. And oftentimes I feel like the Lord's thinking, what kind of relationship do I have with my people? I was thinking about this. If, if, if my kids at any point if they, all that they, they did for me, with me was, hey, Dad, I need 10 bucks. Hey, Dad, I'm a little bit short right now. Can I have 100 bucks? Hey, Dad, just, you know what? Um, can you buy me this? Hey, Dad, like, can you, can you buy me this? Can you? And, 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 you know, like, oh, Dad, I'm in a real, I'm in a real bind. Can you, can, you, can you give me 50 bucks? If that was the epitome of my relationship with my three kids, how many of you would agree that there was something wrong with that relationship? And yet, that's what we, we tend to do with the Father, is that we will go into crisis mode and say, hey, uh, uh, that, oh man, like, ah, uh, 
You doing good? Wasn't you? All right? Good? Good stand? And um, here's my ministry team. I'm just going to turn that over to Linda. She's on. And uh, come on up. And I'm just going to pray real quick. And I'm going to turn it over to Linda. But Father, we thank you that you are connected to us and that we are connected to you. For listening to our sermon of the week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.